0: Canyon actually started as as more of a consumer product based on helping people who moved to new places find people who shared their interests, values, goals, experiences. It's over time evolved into more of a community management platform.
1: Hello, hello,
2: hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. And we're doing something a little bit different this year with some of our episodes. We're repurposing some of our favorite episodes around specific topics related to entrepreneurship. This month, we're focusing on entrepreneurship and community, us, we, our, together. And we're going to look at entrepreneurship and industries and different types of entrepreneurship and ultimately what that really means. But we're also going to delve deeper into the importance of community networking, niche communities, and how that supports being. NSC entrepreneur and business owner. So sit back and enjoy these special episodes around entrepreneurship and community. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gretch from the IMC podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Melanie Aronson of Panion. Melanie, it's great to have you on the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Super excited to have you. And before we jump into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Melanie so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And Melanie is the founder and CEO of Panion, a People First community management platform, helping organizations build more privacy, empathy, and meaningful connect connections into online and offline communities she has a bachelor's in anthropology from columbia university and a master's in documentary filmmaking from the school of visual arts in nyc she is a fulbright recipient and melanie worked in sales for apple for almost three years and for more than 10 years as a freelance filmmaker photographer and designer melanie has lived an international life residing in nyc Spain, Italy, Sweden, and now in Portugal. Melanie, super excited to have you on the show and hear about all the awesome things you're doing. Are you ready to speak to the IM community?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started what I call your CEO story.
0: It happened by accident, actually. I had a completely different career. I was, I had, like you said, finished my master's in documentary filmmaking. I was working as a cinematographer and photographer. Started my own film production company in Sweden. I moved to Sweden on a Fulbright grant. I was doing research for a documentary there on integration at the height of the migration influx into Europe in 2014. And then I realized that there was this this recurring problem I was noticing in my research for that film, which was people were having trouble making new friends in a new place, in a new culture. Panion actually started as as more of a consumer product based on helping people who move to new places, find people who shared their interests, values, goals, experiences. It's over time evolved into more of a community management platform, especially influenced by the pandemic and the shift that our whole society has taken into a more digitalized way of socializing, but also wanting to move away from social media and wanting something more authentic.
2: Absolutely. And so uh, I want to drill down a little bit more here, a little bit more more about Panion and how it works. I know you touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to hear a little bit more on how you serve the clients you work with.
0: Sure. So essentially, we do have quite a few platforms out there helping communities kind of transition away from, I would say like Facebook groups and these more social media type faces. But I think that there there still really isn't, isn't a platform that is focusing primarily on people and building new pathways to people. And you know the influence of building a product that helps people meet in person and build meaningful connections that we took that and put that into a community platform that is a now a b2b solution that helps community managers organizations build communities primarily from existing existing communities they might have in other forms so newsletters email lists maybe it's employees organizations that have maybe a lot of different different Stakeholders, whether it's volunteers and investors and, you know, people working in in that organization, reaching out to people that they serve. And so our approach is really everything is is people first. It's about helping people use tech to meet new people, connect with people, learn from each other, attend events together. So instead of creating a platform that is, is yet another space for just kind of sharing content and posting things, we, we do accommodate that. But the way that we've designed the platform is really to facilitate people to get to know each other and connect in a new way. So part of that is also through mentorship. So we're really passionate about helping people who have something to offer and helping other people who are you know looking to grow to connect with each other. And so using using tech using machine learning using algorithms to connect those people within the community and i think one thing we learned from the the b2c product was that it's not enough to say okay we both like tennis we're going to be friends it's a very wide net but if you have a community where you're all either on the same journey towards some common goal or you're all passionate about a, a certain value or belief and then you look for people with shared interests within that. You have a a, you have less you don't have such a wide net and you're already starting from from a place where you have something that you share. And that actually can can lead to some really meaningful interactions with people. So our product is really focused on connecting the people and obviously sharing knowledge and content is part of that. But it is so much more. And we feel that there really aren't any products that understand that and design for that.
2: Nice. I absolutely love that word that you said, journey, because I think a lot of times, you know, sometimes great, you know, aspects of the journey, sometimes the less than great action aspects of that journey are actually a lot of times what binds us. So I love that you've, you know, delved into and created something that, like you said, is is at a time, I think, when people are desiring more and more connection.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that also the pandemic made us realize that there is value in online connections, but there's good online connections and there's less beneficial online connections and you can build meaningful online connections they can people online can be incredibly supportive especially in times of need like we've seen in the last few years but we're also seeing a shift in the fact that communities are more digitized but they also value being offline i mean we all miss those those in-person connections but now we're in this phase of having this hybrid between online and offline. You know, we're going back to offline events, but we're still going to always have these webinars and be influenced by all of the online experiences we had during the pandemic. And you need to have a product that that accommodates that, that can allow you to do both, that can build a community that straddles the online and the offline that straddles the globalized community and the local aspect of that community. So you can meet people in your area within a community, but you can also connect with people across the world who are in that same community and that the technology facilitates that in a way where you're not bombarded with so much information and so many irrelevant things that it understands what you need and that we can use these this kind of algorithms and this, this you know, we're really scared of of you know Amazon like knowing what we are interested in buying but if you use it within the context of community and you're not using it to sell things and to manipulate people but you're using it to curate experiences so that you save people time and help them get get connected to a person faster and you have good intentions behind it i think there's a lot of power that technology can bring to to building connections we need to use technology responsibly and we need to build technology responsibly
2: yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you use that word responsibility, because that's exactly what I was thinking of being kind of stewards, you know, to be able to make sure that we are, you know, creating like those good experiences, especially, you know, from a social standpoint, in terms of the connections of the people that we're doing, not taking away from people or feeling making them feel less or, you know, all of those things that a lot of time, you know, you have, we've heard about, you know, social media and even, you know, the the documentary, The Social Dilemma alluded to a lot of that as well, too. So truly appreciate that. So I, I wanted to ask you for what I call your secret sauce. And you might have already touched on this, but this could be for your business. It could be for yourself personally or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique?
0: I mean, I would say that our approach to everything we do is, is about, you know, we're really mission driven. We really genuinely care about connecting people, building a product that makes people feel good and makes people feel included. I think the people that work on, on a product, on a, on a company need to reflect what you're trying to build and the values that you believe in throughout. Throughout
2: everything. Nice. I absolutely love that. And you could definitely hear that in everything that you've been able to build. I love that aspect about being very mission-driven because, like you said, I think when you have that strong mission, you have those strong, you know, values, those morals, those things on how you want to build that company. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient?
0: I think you have to take care of yourself. I think. At the beginning, I was trying to do so many things and feeling really stressed. And then I realized that I'm better at leading and building and creating if I also, you know, really take care of myself and give myself space and time to, to feel good. I do you know, yoga every morning, I I try to meditate as much as possible, try to really relax and do do things, enjoy life on the weekends, like really taking breaks. I think this is important to be able to be there and for your team and to be able to like think clearly when you are working that separation is I've learned a lot, especially living in Europe about that separation, the work life balance, and also making being a good example for everyone else on the team so that they don't feel stressed. And letting them know, you know, you can, you know, if you have something personal that, you know, definitely needs to be prioritized. I also think the other thing starting off like really early on is that I learned basically how to do everything except code. So I learned every role in, in my company because I wanted to be able to hire people that, that were better than I was at it.
2: Nice. Yeah. I absolutely love that, you know, that, that hack and, and being able to, as you said at, at first, to be able to kind of understand and make sure your cup is full because you can't pull, you can't pour from an empty cup. Awesome. 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 So would you consider that to be like that, that CEO nugget, which is a little bit more of a word of wisdom? I, I usually say it might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Is it that you would definitely tell yourself that maybe, you know, or tell anybody, I guess you could say too, to, to learn all the aspects of the business so that you can make, you know, really good hiring decisions?
0: I think that's one thing. I think there's a lot of things I would tell Mm -hmm. myself looking Mm -hmm. back. I'd say another, this is more for people that are are fundraising, I guess, is that, you know, when you're looking for investors, they also have to be the right fit for you. And I think at the beginning, you're so like hungry to get some money in and to be able to survive that you want to please everybody. And then you start to get to know the scene and get and talk to more investors and understand that it's a partnership, it's a marriage, it's, you need to like them back. And actually you need to also make them feel like that you want, you know, that they have to deserve you as much as you deserve them. Or I don't know what the right explanation is, but, that, that you have standards and that you have criteria and that you feel a connection, like a, a connection with them, that they understand your mission, that, you know, you should be selective. And I didn't, I learned that on my own. I wish I had learned that earlier at the beginning. I was so nervous. And then first, then I was like trying to perfect the pitch and realizing that everyone's different and the people that really get you and that, aren't just trying to poke holes in your in your in your solution and in your pitch, but they're really genuinely interested because they love what you're doing, that'll shine through. And those are the people that you want as investors. If, if you feel uncomfortable with someone, it's not the right person. If you feel like you have to impress them and kind of answer a thousand questions because they're interrogating you, it's probably not the right person. And I wish I'd known that because it did cause a lot of stress at the beginning. And now I feel like I'm on more equal ground with When I talk to investors and I feel like that confidence also makes them more interested in getting to know me and and our company.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely huge. I appreciate you so much in sharing that. And, and you're know, like sometimes we forget about that, especially when we have investors or people that are fundraising or people that we want to kind of bring in that resource and, and a lot of resources even beyond that as well, too. We forget about that connection piece, like everything that you've been able to build. Melanie, I truly appreciate that. And I wanted to ask you what I like to call my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Melanie, what does being a CEO mean to you?
0: I think being a CEO is, is very hard to define. I think it's there's a lot of elements to it. But I think what's really important is being able to really look at yourself and, and be listening, be learning constantly, be, be improving yourself and improving the way that you approach things. And it's overseeing everything and trying to put all the pieces together, but it's also overseeing yourself and trying to negotiate all of that external things you're trying to do with the internal growth and 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 reflection so i think it's a very complex role that keeps you very busy of course but i think it's it's a really valuable the the type of self-growth that you encounter when you have all of these responsibilities and you are working with all these different types of people and you have to bridge together all the aspects of your business from customers to your team to your stakeholders investors it's very multifaceted and it really helps you you know learn a lot of new things about yourself about business and and really kind of being that guiding vision forward that everybody that that north star that people can can follow and realign to when they feel like they're not quite sure what to be doing or or what direction to go and so i think it's it's a very valuable role that's very hard to define
2: Absolutely. No, I love that definition and that perspective is what I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on.
0: I mean, you can find us on our website, panion.com and on our social media. We're on pretty much the major platforms, I think, in Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Appreciating the journey and appreciating what you learn along the way. For me, I... I look back and I've already won in a sense because I've learned so much about business, about myself, about leadership, about people. And and I think if you have that mindset that you know you can see all of these positive moments, even though it's really difficult and you can see the challenges as something that may make you grow, you can enjoy the journey no matter whether you feel like you, you succeeded at the end or not. Still look success because you you know you developed and you learned and you know you you take all of that when you try again the next time
2: absolutely absolutely i truly appreciate that melanie we will definitely have the links and information in the show notes and i appreciate your time even more and i hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day
1: thank you thank you for listening to the imceo podcast powered by cb nation and blue 16 media tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co I am CEO is not just a phrase. It's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.